Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know what I've decided the key to life is? The key to life is to know who you are and evolve. Some people, today the indie star, lived up to its reputation and described me as pathetic and circling down the drain. They actually went as far as said that a bikes program that my wife and I started out of our own pocket was me using kids as a human shield against my hate and horribleness. You know, my wife said this when I got this show on OutKick, that I was going to be attacked like no other. Well, the indie star and my used-to-be friend, I guess still friend, I really don't care, Greg Doyle, did a hit piece on me where I'm the worst human being ever. Legitimately, arguably, the worst human being ever. My bikes program is a human shield for kids. I mean, my bikes program has given, I don't know, 300 and some bikes. Oh, actually more than that, about a thousand bikes away because my wife and I love kids. Greg liked me and the Indy star, which is a liberal mouthpiece, liked me better when I was just sticking the basketball. They said ESPN dumped me. ESPN didn't dump me. And like all articles, it's filled with slants and bias. ESPN didn't dump me. My contract ran out. Clay and I were talking. I got a better offer, and I love doing what I'm doing. We're supposed to evolve as people. I watched the political climate over the last few years, and I said, you know what? I want to jump in, period. The liberals don't like that. Greg Doyle doesn't like that. He liked me better as, quote, a little rascal. When I was just a little coach at Bowling Green, when I was just a little shaver. And then he says in this article that I'm so disliked, nobody, nobody will nominate me for the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's how I agreed to say. My high school coach, Dave Pisker, one of my best friends, offers every year to do it. He's the all-time winningest baseball coach in Indiana high school history. Where do they get this? Why are they so pathetic that they've got to come up? If you don't like what I'm saying, change the channel. If you don't like what I'm saying, don't watch. If you don't like what I'm tweeting, don't tweet. Greg, who is apparently the emperor, says it's bad watching his former friend go down a circle, a drain. Drain? I'm just getting started. The great Joyce Meyer said, I will talk as long as I have a voice. Absolutely. What was I supposed to do? Just stick to basketball? Do you know how bored I got over time? Now, I'd like to go back with Fox. That'd be great. But do you know how bored I got over time? And I watched the political climate, and I'm like, you know what? I'd like to be a part. So I'm a part, and that infuriates them. Oh, my God. Dockets told two off-color jokes at a relaxed event. It wasn't a relaxed event. It was an event where we talked about farting, pulling our finger, and that's how we advertise it. And I got to tell you, I livened up a dead-ass thing. Dockett lied about calling a kid a meth head. In Scottsburg, Indiana, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'll give you $5,000 to anybody that can listen to actual audio of me calling that kid in Scottsburg a method. The, look, I knew this was coming. We all knew this. My wife told me, you can be able to handle when it really gets nasty, because sports is one thing. When you get into politics and you piss off the little libbies, you know what happens. I read that, and you would think I'm Attila the Hun. I read that, and I'm like, this is one of the funnier people. They just want guys like me stick to really being informative on basketball. They want to have the agenda. Greg Doyle told us all, if we there's going to be body bags at the Indy 500. Standing ovation for Archie Miller as the head coach at Indiana. And if we go back playing football, watch how many deaths. Okay. I disagree with that. I'm very vocal about it. I'm very vocal about the Indianapolis media having no understanding of sports, and they don't. I actually got criticized in an article for defending a guy that's 52 and 34 as a general manager, Ryan Grigson, as opposed to a guy who's 500, Chris Ballard. But you know what Ballard does? Kiss his ass. So come at me. I got big shoulders. 
I got big shoulders. I'm sorry I didn't just stick to basketball. I know I should have because it's so much fun. It is. It's a great job. But I like more. I wasn't put on this earth just to be a guy to talk about basketball. I've made mistakes, no question. And I've admitted them every time. When I've hurt someone, I've apologized every time. And I'll continue to do it. But I'll continue to speak. Hell, if my show in Indianapolis goes away, I'll just get with my friend Kent Sterling and go to YouTube. That's it. Look, the media wants guys like me to shut up. They called, I don't know exactly what they called this. I don't know what, I got to look and see what they called OutKick, but just lies. Full of conspiracy theories, hate, and, and falsehoods or whatever. No, it's not. It's, it's becoming one of the great sports sites in America. But because we don't jump on the liberal agenda, because we don't fall in love with a president that doesn't know where he's at, because I'm not sitting here agreeing with the politics of, oh my God, there's body bags at the 500. Because I do nice things for kids, because I dare criticize local media, then I'm a bad guy and I'm circling down a drain. No, I'm not. I'm damn near 60 years old. I've never been more relevant. I've never had more people. I went out the other night and it was glorious. I mean, I don't know people, real people, not fake-ass journalists, not guys that write you stories about their cats. I, look, I can't beat somebody that buys ink by the barrel, and I'm not trying to. I'm just going to continue doing what I do. I know doing what I do, people want to put me in a box. You're just an analyst. For basketball, college basketball, BS, so much more than that. And I'm glad I got the opportunity and outkick. ESPN didn't fire me. I chose to come here. I did. Clay made an offer. I accepted it. My contract was up at ESPN. But look, I'm not defending myself. I'm just telling you, I'm so glad to be here. But again, use it as a warning. Use me as a cautionary tale. They want to keep you in this. Jay Billis is regarded as the number one analyst in college basketball. Everybody knows he's not. But he is the wokest. He appeals to the wokies. He appeals to the media. I don't. I never asked to go back to analyze games in college basketball. I love this because as people, we're supposed to evolve. I saw the lying. I saw the deceit. And frankly, I've seen it my entire life. When I was an assistant at Indiana University, we used to look at stories on Bob Knight and go, that's not true. That's what my wife did today. That's not true. But be that as it may, we're going to be here, we're going to be talking, and I think what we should do is come together. Like, I respect Greg Doyle, what he did last night. Greg Doyle got out of his house, went down to the Greenwood Park Mall where there were shootings. He wrote a hell of a story. That was awesome. I'm all for that. That was terrific. And let me get to the shootings in Indianapolis. Look, three murders yesterday. A guy walks into a Greenwood Park Mall, apparently with a rifle, at least that's what I'm getting, and starts shooting up the food court. Now, I have a wife that works in the mall. She loves her part-time job at Athleta. Not that mall, but another mall. Actually, a higher-profile mall on the north side, like one of these rich malls. I don't even know the difference, but that's what they tell me. So now i got to worry, as you do, as Greg did. Greg had to worry, or would have had to worry. His son, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I guess, uh, unfortunately has COVID, but fortunately didn't go, didn't have to go to work, wasn't there, didn't have to experience what so many young people had to experience. I couldn't imagine if my wife was there and all of a sudden, man, boom, I hear there's a shooting at the mall that my wife works at. That's what Greg had. Fortunately, his son, I mean, I, I hate to say fortunately about having COVID, right? But, but he didn't have to deal with it because he was sick. Greg ran over there. I, look, that's how we should be. That's exactly how we should be. So we got the best and the worst out of one guy in one day. I'm not sticking to sports. I'm not sticking to be that little rascal that Greg met over at the Nike camp when he was harmless. I'm not doing that. No chance. Not sh no shot. Thank you, Greg, for doing what you did yesterday. And in fact, thank you for the article today because it exposed a hell of a lot more about you than it did about me. Cam Smith yesterday just rolled in the open. I mean, I don't know about any of you, 
But when I went to church yesterday, and this is my, this is my Catholic guilt, right? This is my Catholic guilt. I, I'm watching the Ope. I want to watch the Ope. But I got to go to church. My mother, Catholic guilt. Now, I don't go to Catholic church anymore. I mean, I went on a religious walk about about eight years ago. And my wife and I settled on this church, Traders Point Christian Church. My wife has a friend in town. She, they wanted to go to early mass. I didn't want to go. I wanted to sleep in. Sunday's the only day I can sleep in. I do a Saturday show on Sirius. Long story short, I got up. I went to mass. After, I'm dying, dying to watch the, uh, the British Open. So I go to Mass, great sermon. In fact, a little bit of life changing in me. Guy talked about, well, do you really need to be so loud on social media? A man of integrity acts the same way all the time. I learned a lot there. I did. Driving home, I hate to say this, but as soon as I got in the car, I turned on the golf channel on Sirius XM. I did. I turned it on, and you know what? I raced home. I got on the couch. I didn't even change out of my church clothes. I got on the couch and I watched this great McElroy and Cam Smith and then Young, Cameron Young. Are you kidding me? It was awesome. But if you want to know the definition of sack up, the definition of sack up is simply this. Cam Smith, every putt he knocked in. Get up and down on 17 for part, do it. I mean, a tough up and down. Birdie the last, 18, to give himself a two-stroke lead. Roy McIlroy didn't play poorly. Roy McIlroy played fine. In fact, I watched, I, I, I literally sat there and I watched all the ceremonies and then I switched to the golf channel and watched all that. Man, they kill Roy McIlroy. Like, Roy McIlroy's supposed to win every single event. The dude put the ball in the lip like eight times. It's unbelievable. Anyway, long story short, that is the very definition of sacking up. Cam Smith. This is bad, but it doesn't matter. Mike Trout, Verlander, and Garrett Cole all out of the All-Star game, uh, which is going on tomorrow. Tonight's home run derby. Tomorrow's the All-Star game. See, I want baseball to be good. In fact, yesterday, and I do this about once a year, yesterday after the golf, I watched all this after golf, then I turned on Marquee Network, and there were the Cubs down 2-1. to one. It was a great game. I don't know why I got riveted by it. Maybe because it was pouring outside and I couldn't go anywhere. But, you know, the truth of the matter is um, it's a great game. I sat there and watched. I want baseball to be good. I want the Cubs to be good. But I'm telling you, they hurt themselves all the time, these big names being out of the All-Star game. I remember taking my son to the All-Star game. I remember in Detroit we went to Home Run Derby. Home Run Derby's great. And tonight, you're going to see a show. It is. It's great. We were in right field. Bobby Abreu, a lefty in Detroit, must have hit 20 home runs. My son and I, you can talk about anything that you want to talk about that my son and I have done. We've gone to camps. We've done whatever. I mean, we've gone to Final Fours. He remembers that more than any other. Sitting in the right field bleachers is Bobby Abreu pumped him in. Boom, 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 boom. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. All right. College football. College football is, uh, I don't know. College football is in the crosshairs of a lot of things going on. And one of the things I do like about college football is the traditions. I enjoy the living hell out of the traditions. I do. Um, The traditions are going away. Like, I, w- I was lucky enough when I was at Bowling Green, they were playing Ohio State. And a friend of mine that coached at Ohio State told me, Dan, uh, you got to get on the sideline. So I begged the athletic director to give me a sideline pass on Bowling Green. It was Jim Tressel uh, was the coach. Urban wasn't there yet. So I'm on the sideline. And, you know, I, the, he said, you got to stay for our entrance into the horseshoe. You got to. It's one of the great things in college football, college sports that you'll ever see. So Bowling Green's team went in. I'm standing there. And one of the coaches at Bowling Green said, hey, come on in the locker room. I said, you know what? I got to see something. And I mean, they came out. Boom. It was insane. 
It was, today. I got chills right now. If you look at my arm, you can see I got goosebumps. It was freaking awesome. Here's Mike Gundy talking about traditions leaving college sports. The, the traditions of college football are gone. The geographical locations of conferences and traditions of college football are gone. And more so now than they were two weeks ago, right? We see that. So you adapt and change and deal with it or you get out of the game if you don't think you like it. If you're old school, I'm a little old school, but I can adjust and make changes based on it's not going to go away. This is a big business now. And the traditions that we all embraced and not just football, but other traditions that have to do with college athletics, they're gone now. And the people in charge that are paying the bills, that are trying to get out of debt, are more interested in long-term financial security than they are traditions that you're mentioning. I don't make, but I'm not making that decision. There's people way above me that are making those decisions. So like I said, you either adapt and adjust or you get out of the game. And here's the hard facts, they're not paying the bills. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to, right? The people that are, uh, when conference alignment started a year ago, whenever it started jumping, there was a lot of people that were unhappy. But those people aren't the ones that are making the decisions at the top. And so the ones making the decisions at the top are gonna decide the future and the history of college football, not us. He's not lying. He ain't lying. He's not lying at all. Um, he's not even and, – and, and look, does traditions matter as much as, I don't know, money? No. No, I remember – I think it was Jamie Dixon. Uh, we, I was doing a game, and I think it was Jamie Dixon that said, yeah – that great Big Ten Rutger, or that great Big Ten rivalry, Rutgers Maryland, because he was talking about how Maryland, when Maryland left to go to the Big Ten, him being an East Coast guy, actually he was a California guy, but coached for years, you know, at Pittsburgh, he was talking about how that Maryland was a basically rival for many teams in the ACC, one of the founding members, and now here they go, and all of a sudden they're playing Nebraska, all of a sudden they're playing. Rutgers, look, it doesn't matter what Coach Gundy says. It doesn't. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what anybody says. What matters is money. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Did you know this? Did you know that UCLA supposedly was $100 million in debt? How about that? $100 million in debt. Man, supposedly. They got a bailout. You talk about corporate bailouts. UCLA got a big-time, big-time bailout. And the fact of the matter is that's what all this is. And you know what? Media will criticize a guy like Gundy because he makes a lot of money, and they will say, well, he makes a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. He makes a lot of money. But he's not wrong about this. One of the great things, what is that, that wagon running on the field? Boomer Sooner? You know what I mean? The helmets of Michigan, those aren't going away. There's all kind of traditions. You know, every school does their thing, jump around. Those won't be leaving. Traditional rivalries will be. I would say to anybody that asks, hey, look, follow the money, baby. Just follow the scratch. Incredibly sad news. Bobby East was a guy from, I think, Brownsburg, Indiana, went out to California and was a race car driver. Bobby East, according to my friend, according to a couple of my friends, I'm not just going to name friends, according to about five people that I know out of Brown, said this dude was a great dude. He's pumping gas. He's pumping gas in California, putting gas in his car. And you know what? Guess what? Homeless guy came up and killed him. Homeless guy came up and killed him. And it's like right now we accept that. Oh, man. Dude lost his life pumping gas. Three people lost their life at a food court yesterday. There's another shooting, mass shooting, in Indianapolis uh, on the south side. 
How about that? You're sitting there and you're pumping gas. And you know what happened? Guy comes up, stabs you. Just stabs you. Three-time, I want to get this right, United States Auto Club, USAC National Championship driver, Midgets, Silver Crown. He was at a 76 gas station in Westminster, California. Got stabbed. They found him on the ground suffering from a serious chest wound upon arrival and transported him to a nearby trauma center. You know, one of the things that I do, and I don't know if I'm going to do it anymore, there's a gas station that I stop at um, kind of on the downtown east side of Indy. And I think there's been some trouble there. Anyway, I, it's, it's across from, I, I think it's a soup kitchen. I'm not sure what it is. So I pump gas there. And there's always a couple people that give me money or ask for money there. And I always give it to them. And my wife said the other day when we read this story, like, man, you got to be careful. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you give them five. But, you know, I really don't carry a wallet. You got a hundred in there and you give them five. They're going to stab you. You're going to have a problem. That story... You're just pumping gas. Guys are just at a freaking food court on the south side of Indianapolis. Man, it's unbelievable, really. But it is what it is. So now America's lost not only a great sportsman, a great driver, but now we all got to look over our shoulder. I want to help people. But I think you all feel like me, man. I don't know. It's a terrible story. It's a terrible story about a kid from my state, Indiana, who is a great driver and now look senseless, right? Just absolutely senseless. I hate this. I hate what's going on. All right. We had a fight yesterday. You got to see this fight. Indoor Football League. Look at this thing. This thing is nuts. Melee at the rec center. Do we have the video of it? It's unbelievable. Dudes are in the stands. Dudes are throwing hands. Look at this. Here we go. Look at this. Look at a guy with a blue chair on the right. He's got the blue chair. Fires it down. What are we doing? And we're mad at me because I, uh, whatever. It's unbelievable. But hey. I told an off-color joke. I did. It was not very funny. I thought it was. (laughs) I mean, I had to liven the place up. But long story short, this is the world we're living in. How about a dude taking a chair and just hitting over a football game? Man, I wish, I wish that, you know, we could have some civility. You know, I wish that we didn't have to be on side. I wish that we didn't, this wasn't the norm, but this feels like the norm. Like, let me ask you, a long time ago, Ron Artest went into the crowd, right? And there was a big fight. If that happened now, how would you feel about it? I think we'd probably feel different. A lot of people blame Donald Trump. A lot of people blame liberals. A lot of people blame a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, I don't know what to tell you. It's the world we live in. Golly, every freaking day. So I finished this headlines with love. It's a love story, really. It's a love story that was once and then went away and now has returned. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Benefer. Uh-oh, what'd you call it? Aflo. Hey, Dylan, can you get on the air? Dylan. Yep, I'm here. Are you on the air? Anyway, um, I do. How many different names did you go through, or is Aflo an official name? I thought it was Benefer. How many names did you guys go through before you got this, or is this the official one? I think it was Benefer. Ryan's creative mind came up with Aflo. Yeah. <laughs> I like Benefer. I like Aflo. But it's a story of love. You know, Aflac married to, what's her face, Jennifer Gardner. That doesn't work out well. Reunites with J-Lo. Next thing you know, they tie the knot. We need more love in this world. We need more Benefer. We need more Aflo. 
That's what we need. We need more of that. We need more of that. We don't need this nonsense. We don't need this crapola. We don't need any. What we need is more love in this world. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. That used to be a Coke commercial. Bet you didn't know that, you two youngins inside the studio back in our Nashville studios. But we need more love. We need more love. And Benefer and J-Lo or Benefer and Aflo or J-Lo and Ben or Lopez and Aflac, they're the guys that are to give it to us right there. Yeah, those guys. And I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. All right. Hey, look, something amazing happened yesterday that I never thought I would ever hear from a professional athlete. Also, a lot of class by Rory McIlroy and Snoop Double 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 G. He's got a new strain of weed <laughs> named after the president. Oh, man. Hey, by the way, uh, if you would like to donate, a couple of you have just uh, asked me, if you would like to donate to our bikes program, we don't use it as a human shield. I don't need a human shield. Uh, indianasportscorp.org, when you punch indianasportscorp.org, you're going to see a crossbar, you know, with different options. Hit inspiring youth. All the way down, boom, dockage cycles for the city. We don't take used bikes. We only give regular, like, you know, bikes. Helmets, locks, bikes, basically the cost is $250. We're trying to get $100 out here uh, this summer, as soon as we can. So if you don't mind, if you don't mind, would you please go? Donate 2 bucks. donate 2000 bucks. I just appreciate it. Thank you for that. Uh, we will be right back with I Ain't Mad About It. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad about it. You shouldn't be mad about it either. You know what? There are certain things in sports that people are all mad about, but I'm not mad even a little bit. All right, here's one. Here's the first I ain't mad about it. Snoop Dogg shows off strain of weed called Sleepy Joe OG, which boasts you won't even remember what country you are in. Sleepy Joe Marijuana National Embarrassment Snoop Dogg. There you go. How about that? How about that? And at the end of the day, when you lose Snoop Dogg, I think you've, because Snoop Dogg seems like a really nice dude. Snoop Dogg seems like a really, really, really good dude. Like, he just seems like a nice dude. A dude that you kind of want, you know. But when you lose the Snoopy, then away you go. That's it. When you lose him, he's gone. And that's just for starters. A lot of different folks are losing Snoop Dogg. A lot of different folks are doing things, you know, that uh, aren't great for Joe Biden. They're not great. They're not. But at the end of the day, when you lose Snoop, you lost it all. All right. I ain't mad about it, but I'm astonished, astonished by this. Listen to this. I never thought I would hear this in my life. I never thought I would see this in my life. I never thought that this would happen in my entire life. Okay? A professional athlete, a professional athlete 
turned down $440 million. $440 million was turned down. How about that? You turned down $440 million. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Like, think about this. Back in the day, and this is, this is a long time ago now, when Glenn Robinson was the number one player drafted in the NBA, he wanted $100 million from Herb Cole, the Milwaukee Brewer uh, owner. Okay, he wanted $100 million. Well, guess what? The owner said, hey, how about you take the franchise? I'll take the $100 million. This is a pretty good line by a smart businessman. At the end of the day, $440 million to do what? Be the president of the United States? Run a major company? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, guess what? You know what they got? $440 million to play baseball. $440 million to play baseball. That's right. And he turned it down. Like, remember when A-Rod signed for two? And I ain't mad about it. I am not mad about it. I'm not mad about it even a little bit. I'm not sad about it. I'm not happy about it. I'm not glad about it. I got nothing about it. But the truth of the matter is, I never, ever envisioned $440 million being turned down. Never. I mean, never. And at the end of the day, $440 million uh, seems like a lot of money. All right? But maybe it's not. So there you go. Anyway, um, I just, you know, man, I'm being killed today. USA Today sports all over me. Dockage is disintegrating. Isaac Rosefield, read your article. I played for Dockage in 03 and 04 at BG. I have a lot to fill you in on. Yeah, I got rid of the kid. I mean, you get rid of the kid, everybody gets mad, right? Yeah, I got rid of a kid, and he's still mad. Hey, look, if I'm such a bad guy, why, is, why are these people mad that I get rid of? This is blowing up. I'm a bad guy. They want me to just be a little rascal. Yeah, I told a, a joke at, the, um, uh, <laughs> at a fan cave event that you know, brought down the house, but, you know, probably wasn't the best thing. Yeah, I've done some things, but they just want me to be a little rascal. And, uh, you know, um, I, I'm not going to be a little rascal. I'll take whatever hits. Anyway, let's go back to I Ain't Mad About It. Roy McElroy was awesome, awesome after the U.S. Open. I mean awesome. Here's the deal. He was so good and so classy that I don't know what to tell you. He was unbelievable. He literally answered every question. Now, you got to remember this about McElroy. McElroy is one of those guys that was a prodigy. He's supposed to win every event. He's supposed to win every event, so when he doesn't, or he hasn't won as many as people think, in fact, he hasn't won a major in eight years, uh, you know, People question. And when people start questioning, man, they start questioning. They do. They start questioning and questioning and questioning and questioning. It's what they do. But the truth of the matter is, when Roy McElroy got done with the round, he was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic. You know what he did? He faced the media. He answered every question. He answered it with class. And here's the other deal about McElroy. I love McElroy. Like, I like McElroy speaking up on the Live Tour. I'm not saying he's right about everything, and I don't necessarily like the fact that Roy McElroy is kind of telling people how to live or how to make money. But the truth of the matter is, um, Roy McElroy is the kind of guy that stands up and when he believes in something. I can respect that. Look, there's only one person that was perfect in this world, and we crucified him. That's it. I just got that text from somebody. There's only one perfect person. 
I'm not perfect. McElroy isn't perfect. I can disagree with McElroy. I can disagree with the Indy Star. I can disagree with Greg Daw. Doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. I can tell a joke that probably, you know, maybe I shouldn't have. Wasn't racial, wasn't sexist, wasn't nothing. It was just, you know. But the truth of the matter is, uh, Roy McElroy, I can respect that I have a difference of opinion of him. And I love the way he stood up at the end of it. I loved it. Uh, I ain't mad about, listen to this, I am not mad about a rain delay at an outdoor basketball game. I ain't mad about it at all. A rain delay at Rucker Park in the TBT is glorious. See, the basketball tournament, the TBT, is one of those tournaments that you probably don't hear of, but you watch it all summer. It's one of those tournaments where you go out, you get your team, you get a bunch of guys that you played with, and guess what? You try to win a million bucks. You try to win a million bucks if you win the tournament. If you lose, guess what you do? You go home. You go home. You do. It's just the way it is. There is no, oh man, consolation round. There is no two out of three. In fact, a lot of the things you're seeing on television now are from the TBT. Let me go through it. All-star game. We had John Mugar on, the founder of the TBT. Look, here's the deal. The founder of the TBT decided we're going to do a couple things different. One, we're going to use this Elam ending, which I've described as this. It's exactly how you played, exactly how you played when you were a kid on a playground. Exactly. Look, at the end of the day, we played to 10, win by two, eight, six, whatever the deal was, win by two. College basketball gets really long. College basketball gets really crazy. College basketball gets nuts with the fouling. The fouling is a crutch. We're down five. We got a foul. You got to make free throws. You walk down one end, you walk down the other. It's all there for you, right? Okay, fine. We're down three. Fine. All right, here's the deal. Um, college basketball, though, would really benefit from the Elam ending. Here it is. Four minutes to go in the game. My team's beating yours, 62-58. All right? 62-58. We stop the game at four minutes, timeout. We add seven on it to the, to the score, 62, the head score, the leading score. So now both teams, 58 and 62, are playing to 69. That's what we do. See, what happens is the entire building gets nervous. What happens is everybody in there goes, oh, my God. Holy cow. And at the end of the day, what happens is uh, there's a lot of tension in the building. At the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a ton of tension. Oh, my God, you can see it. You can feel it. The defense is in a stance. The offense has to run plays. The defense has to get stops without fouling. The difference between the Elam ending, let me just give it to you this, and regular endings is this. The difference is in regular endings – well, let me just give you an analogy. Let me tell you what happened. In the All-Star game, where it's 200 to 200, right, they'd use the Elam ending. And as John Mugar said on our show, man, guess what? Guess what? The Elam ending made guys take charges. The Elam ending made guys do things that you've never seen in an All-Star game. Never. Ever. It's incredible. That's what the Elam ending does. That's how it rolls. So at the end of the day, I think the Elam ending should be in everything. At the end of the day, I think the Elam ending should be somewhere where, frankly, uh, every sport or every league in basketball uses it. So you see that. You know the other thing you see? You know in the NCAA tournament when guys go to the bracket and put their name up? That originated in the TBT. You know what else you see? The bubble. The bubble basically got its start in the TBT. You know what else you see? A rain delay. Rucker Park, people came out. People came out at Rucker Park, and it was glorious. It was great. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. Look, uh, Rucker Park, iconic. 
slopes. One basket lower, one basket higher. You know what? Rucker Park had a rain delay in the TBT, and I ain't mad about it. Tell you what else I ain't mad about. I ain't mad about Home Run Derby. I like Home Run Derby. I love Home Run Derby. I do. Love it. Absolutely love it. And the bottom line is this. The bottom line is Home Run Derby is exciting. And if you want something even more exciting, guess what? Bet on it. I don't even care who you bet on because who knows who's going to win the thing. Might get hot. Might get blasted. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. We None of us know, right? But Home Run Derby is awesome. And I loved it when Chris Berman used to go back, 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 back. I used to love that. But now I love it. It's fine. I don't really watch the All-Star game. I used to watch the All-Star game. But I don't watch it anymore. Oh, I do. But here's my thing. When I was a kid, man, I loved it. Hey, I had a baseball game. It's the only all-star memory I really have. I had a baseball game. I had a baseball game at Junedale Little League. And I'm like, man, I got to get this game over because Bobby Bonds is going to face like, I don't know. And we never got to see Bobby Bonds of the San Francisco Giants. We never got to see him. We never got to see him. But we did on All-Star Game against maybe it was Tom. No, it wouldn't have been Tom C. Maybe it was Mickey Lolich. I don't know. But I used to love that. Uh, what's this guy's name? Pete Alonzo or Alfonso or whatever the heck his name is. That's a good one to bet on. There's nothing wrong with betting on him. Hell no. I don't know who to bet on, but I'm going to listen today. I'm going to listen today, and I am going to figure out a dark horse and see if I can get it done. Uh, tell you the last thing I ain't mad about, and this is an exhausting day. I just read where my good friend Greg Doyle says that my coworkers hate me. <laughs> okay. I don't know what to tell you. I literally walk in and I walk out. But having said that, today is the 12th annual Tom Dockage Memorial Golf Outing where we raise money for cancer patients at my Franciscan. Now, I'm sure, you know, I changed my family motto. Even bad people do good things. Let's just get that out of the way. I told a dirty joke at a, at a relaxed event. Oh, my God, the hypocrisy. I can't believe I did it. I use bikes as a human shield, bikes for kids. I host a golf outing. Oh, my God, what a horrible human being. His coworkers told the rider they hate him. All right, hate me. I'm going to go to a golf outing today that's going to make me feel good. I may not feel good tomorrow. Hell, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But I've been around so much death lately. Like, my wife has been around so much death. My wife's mother's best friend died. My wife, my, my, we have a weird family. Like, my, my wife's, I got to say this right, my wife's ex-husband stays with us when he's here. We get along great. We're friends. We played euchre all night the other night. Right now at our house, my wife's best friend, she has a mother. Mother has dementia. So we told, bring the mother here. She can look out on the lake. So last night we're playing cards. And last night from Lee's friend, she's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I've never seen her dance. I've never seen her do these things. I've had too much death. My brother-in-law, I forgot, I didn't get to it. My brother, my Lee's ex-husband, Jim Shaw, lost his brother last week. Just 53 years old, watching TV, stroke dead. Dead. How about that? Jim and his family had to pull the plug. They had to make an unbelievable decision. So we've been dealing with a lot of that. So it made me think, you know what? You got to have some fun. And I highly recommend whether you get a lot of people to it or you don't get a lot of people to it, host a golf outing. Here's what I'm going to do today. We're going to give a speech. A lot of people are going to say, Dan, the star sucks, but whatever. Then I'm going to go to the 17th hole. And on the 17th hole, it's a par three. And we have all kind of did. We got my, my friend Kevin Paskey cooks burgers. We got one of our sponsors, Michelis. They have a big setup where they make these uh, vodka lemonades. 
I've got uh, Moondrops Distillery where they're making vodka lemonades. I got all kind of stuff. I got all kind of stuff going on. And I'm going to hit golf balls, a thousand of them. Because every team that comes to my hole, they hit their shots as a scramble, but I'm going to hit it until I get it close. And then my wife's going to go down there and putt. We're going to have a great day. Because we need a great day. We do. Oh, by the way, here's how awful the off-color joke was. How horrible a guy I am. The company Michelis Corporation that sponsored me at the event that they're making a big deal about this joke just re-upped for 53 more weeks as my sponsor. The guy who makes the decision came to my house the next day. We were having a great time talking about it. He was laughing. Some people can laugh. Everything doesn't have to be right down the middle. <laughs> but anyway, I ain't mad about hosting a golf out. I think everyone should. I always say to people at the Indy Star, like, man, don't you guys just do something for others? We do a lot for others. And people get so mad at me. They get so mad at me all the time. And to finish this day, I'm leaving here. I know a lot of you are going to be sad you don't get a second hour, but we'll be back tomorrow, I think, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. People like you when they can agree with you, particularly now in this political climate. Like, they'll bring anything out. Today I'm accused, if you missed the early part of the show, of being a guy that, well, uses, my friend Cam's calling me, uh, uses kids as a human shield in a bike program that my wife and I started out of our own pocket. The guy who wrote the article was so mad about our bikes program, he wanted to fight me, put it on Twitter. Not fighting anybody. Not fighting any more fights. Just being me. And I know people liked me as a little rascal. Just a little bowling green coach that people could say, oh, look, at he's a small town guy. He knows everyone. I know that. But don't we evolve? I've evolved. I'm a guy that took on West Virginia. Cost my family $3.5 million and went back to Bowling Green. My coworkers hated me so much there. Oh, I don't know. But they couldn't wait to have me back. Look, take whatever, read whatever you want about me. Say whatever you want about me. But I know who the hell I am. Never complain and never explain. But it is nice once in a while to cross up some falsehoods. Now, you're going to read about me in the USA Today. You're going to read about me today uh, as a, a horrible guy. Made an off-color joke. Use, is bullying to people on Twitter. Is awful to his coworkers in media. Is awful to everybody. Is basically a terrible person. I'll tell you this. The other day, I peed outside. I did. In fact, I got to tell you. I pee outside a lot. I do. I'm sorry. A lot of bad stuff. Hey, I'm not telling you I'm perfect. Just like you can't tell me you're perfect. But I can tell you that I've tried hard, and when I've screwed up, I've apologized to those that I've screwed up. And if you want to come at me, what are you going to do? <clears throat> but I do know this. I'm thankful as hell to be here at OutKick. Because one of the things that people need to do in their lives is expand. I watched, I did, I watched from afar the political climate. And I thought to myself, you know what, as a man who's going to be 60, you got to jump in here. You got to. It's a risk. I could have gone along and called college basketball games for the next 10, 15 years. Made a nice living. Probably should have. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to at all. I wanted to get involved. I wanted to have a voice. And if somebody wants to call OutKick, uh, and he wouldn't even mention the name, but if somebody wants to call OutKick a place where there's hate, a place where there's conspiracy theories, I got to disagree with that. I got to disagree with that a lot. I was a tough ass as a coach. 
Ridiculous. A lot of things I've regretted. But you know what? I just got five messages from former players just now telling me to hang in there. That's all I care about. Of course you're going to have a player or two get mad at you. Of course you're going to have a player or two, just like a liberal, they get mad at you because they don't want you speaking. I don't know if you've noticed this, but how many times have they tried to squelch Clay? How many times have they tried to write about Tommy? And I don't know if you've noticed this either, but OutKick keeps growing because I think people are tired of attacks. I think people are tired of liberals trying to tell us regular people that you're supposed to be quiet and then they couch it that you're a bad guy. If I'm a bad guy, there should be more bad guys. Put it to you that way. It's as simple as I can make it. And if guys that don't like me involve media members, that's fine too. And if I told a joke that somebody got offended by, what are you going to do? I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, I got a great life and I appreciate you all sharing it with me. I am leaving a little early because I got a half hour drive across town and it's been raining. And Indiana drivers, I don't know if you know this, but Indiana drivers truly are the worst. You give rain and then where I get on the highway, it comes together, right? We can't handle in Indiana merging on or merging off. We can't handle that. It's not something we can handle. We can't. So at the end of the day, it may take me 45 minutes to get there, but by God, I am going to get there. I'll send a picture uh, with some of my coworkers, if you don't mind. (laughs) Some of them like me, others don't. What are you going to (laughs) do? Man, if the worst thing I do is rip on the media, if the worst thing I do is defend myself against people coming at me, you know the thing about Twitter and feuds? I don't seek them out. I was taught to fight for yourself. I was taught to fight back. But anyway, uh, I hope everybody has a great day. I said I was out of here at 9.55. The Tom Dockage, that's my dad. Here's a funny thing. My dad's only been dead eight years. But we call this the Tom Do- the 12th annual Tom Dockage Memorial Golf Outing. I don't know. But we're going to have a great time today. Hope you do as well. See you.